understand or at least make an attempt to understand the uh, reforms to the pension fund. Um, you know that this decision happened uh, just about a week or so ago, the president giving the go-ahead for implementing the 2015 Tax Laws Amendment Act and the Tax Administration Laws Amendment Act. It comes into effect uh, on the 1st of March 2016, and we have seen a lot of noise uh, around this one. Uh, I think this morning in one of our headlines on power, uh, we were talking about other unions joining Kasatu in taking aim at government over this. Kasatu has called this many, many things, including tyrannical, uh, and some have likened it uh, to, to Marikana, where government is taking aim at workers. It's how it's been characterized. So this morning we find out whether Kasatu has perhaps misunderstood the implications of the new laws and for all of us who happen to be lucky enough to work and to have things like pension funds and retirement annuities what does it mean to your pocket and I think specifically to those entrepreneurs who have worried that this law takes the power away from them to take out money from their pension funds and invest it into business because they haven't been successful getting money elsewhere, whether you still can and what the before and after picture is. And to help us do all of this is Munir Hassan, who is a senior lecturer and chartered accountant in the Department of Accountancy at the University of Johannesburg. Munir, it's a great pleasure to have you on Power Talk. Thank you. Thank you and good morning to you and your listeners. All right, so we're going to try and make this as simple uh, and accessible as possible. And let's just start with the headline, right? And the headline is, Kasatu is hopping mad over this. Have they misunderstood? I, I, I think where, where the point comes in uh, is that, yes, we, we've seen a, a phase of retirement reforms coming into, into operation and amendments coming into operations. Um, Maybe where, where their point or, or where they have a certain level of point or argument is that there may be further enhancements which may negatively impact on the individual when, when he contributes or withdraws from a, a retirement annuity fund. Uh, where I picked up something on this is when I read the explanatory memorandum to the tax laws that you spoke about, which introduces this, these uh, tax changes. It mentions that in two years' time, so by 30th of June 2018, the finance minister has to table a report in Parliament explaining how we've basically gone about it, say, the, the implementation issues, the practical difficulties, and re-looking at it again. So yes, personally, I think there's a there's quite a cautious approach that has been implemented with. Uh, we've seen lots of consultation uh, beforehand. The first uh, mention of this was in back in 2013. Um, you know, we then seen 2014 come and go with some workshops and, and further consultation with employers, employees, uh, uh, workshops between National Treasury, the professional firms, uh, professional bodies as well, uh, employers as well. And then we've seen a postponement. In, in 2014, we've seen that the law was going to come into effect on 1 March of 2015. And then we've seen a postponement to 1 March 2016 with some relaxations as well. All right. So the presidency said um, Jacob Zuma did not act unilaterally when signing the Tax Administration Amendment Act, saying it was considered at NEDLAC, Parliament, the National Assembly, NCOP. There were public hearings. You're satisfied because that was one of the contentions raised, that there was enough consultation around this. This wasn't uh, one person person making this happen no um there's quite a there's quite a long process before we have uh, a tax change or tax amendment come into into effect um and there has to be a consultative process around this and what we've seen even with the retirement reforms i think that the fact that uh, this has transpired and taken a couple of years before it has actually come into effect we can see that there has been adequate consultation around it there has been 
presentations, open invitations to to the public. We have public hearings as well uh, by the Standing Committee on Finance uh, before the bills are actually tabled. They would consider any public uh, outcry, any any issues that the public may be making. Well, would you say it was a complex and, and, and fairly intense process? It was. It's robust, I think. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into um, the, the details themselves. Which tax law is the government passing that actually affects retirement policies? Okay, so the, the the hot issue I think centers around uh, the provident fund uh, change, uh, and we we've obviously we've always had a the three form of funds that you basically can invest into is either a retirement annuity fund, a pension fund, or a provident fund. Now the one that that's quite quite hotly debated at the moment in the market, and I see it, is a provident fund because that's probably where we see the biggest changes. We've always had a one-third drawdown and a two-third annuitization on a retirement annuity fund and a pension fund. That's always been there. So nothing changes with regard to that with those two In forms. terms of retirement. But Provident Fund is the big one. Provident Fund is H- the big How many one. people does Provident Fund uh, affect? Because if you're talking about retirement annuities uh, and pension funds, one always thinks the big companies and the big corporations and so on. Is, is that the right perception? And, and, and Provident Fund would be what, your smaller companies... And government as well. And so government. a lot of government okay. employees. So it is, it is a bulk of uh, people that we are looking. There's quite a lot of people out there. Um, when, when, when we come to now the Provident Fund, what has changed? So uh, basically before, before the change, if you had to retire from a Provident Fund, you could draw down the entire amount. You could opt to basically pay the tax and you can basically take the lump sum and then go and open a business or or, or invest the money on your own accord. And the tax issue was you'd be charged the maximum tax, am I, am I right? There is a retirement, there's a progressive a specific, it's not the normal income tax table that me and you pay, it's a special retirement table that you go into the first 500,000 is actually quite advantageous because the first 500,000 is tax free and then the balance thereof you tax at the progressive rate up to a maximum of 36% uh, whereas you know me and you pay up to a maximum of 41% on salary earnings. Uh, so it's actually not that bad if, 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 you, if you compare it to normal earnings. Alright, so even now if, if somebody wants to take out at least a half a million of their provident fund, if that's what the benefit that is due to them, they can still do that tax-free and it will still be affected on a sliding scale depending on how much after the, the, the half a bar. Yeah, Correct. but I, th- I think the important point to note is that going forward, you, this is where the change comes, is that what a provident fund you now have to take one third in cash and you have to, the compulsation to annuitize. So two the thirds rest. you have to buy an annuity, which is, in essence, I think annuity is quite a complex word, but basically it means that you buy a future income for yourself, a future income stream. So on a monthly basis, you're going to get back that money, but paid over a period of time. Um, With the, and, and it gathers interest and in things like that. It would gather interest and things of that nature, yeah. So th- that's where the change comes in. But I think more important also to note is how have government gone and implemented the change. So with the implementation of the change, what they've said is that if if you have vested income, it basically means that all your investment up to the date of 1 March 2016, that will not be impacted by this. That means that any savings that you've made beforehand, you can basically still dip into 100% even after 1 March. It's not going to affect you. It will only affect you 
from 1 March 2016. Any contribution you make from 1 March going forward is going to affect you. Uh, and that will be affected by the one to two down, uh, third drawdown, basically. And in specific reference to Provident Fund, Provident. not retirement annuity and pension funds. We've now, always had that with, the, with, the, with those two. So, so basically, it seems to me then, if, if I want to make it simply in my own head, is that you've had these three, um, you know, after work dispensations around your money. Three, uh, you know, three pockets, so to speak, of, of where you keep your money. Two were in a particular way. What they've done is brought the third one up to measure, to you know, to be on the same standard it's as the other two. precisely that. So therefore they call it retirement reform and aligning all of it. Aligning them all. Okay, so Casata then, one imagine, is not, is not talking about provident, uh, is not talking about retirement annuities and pension funds because that's always been their big... Does the Provident Fund affect a large portion of their constituencies, do you think? I think it would because obviously, it, it, you know, there's a lot of government employees in there. A lot of professional uh, companies like auditing firms as well have opted for that. The reason being um, is that you could cash out the lump sum at the end before when you retire as you come out of the fund. And these people probably knew how to invest their money at that stage. So I've actually seen a lot of uh, bigger professional companies, audit firms, uh, uh, accounting firms or so uh, opt for a provident fund instead of pension. Okay, I want to just let our listeners know that if you had some doubts and some questions as to how the new laws affect you, if you do have a provident fund, because as Munir is explaining, both the retirement annuities and the pension funds have always been uh, sub subject to this uh, dispensation as it appears now. It's just that it's taking um, this particular shape and form in reference to the provident fund. But if you're concerned about your provident fund and you're still not sure, give us a call on zero eight six one nine eight seven. Triple zero. Um, Sieng says, please ask your guest if the law will apply to one person contribu contributing both on government and retirement annuity funds. Did you get the question? Yes, I got yeah. it. So obviously it, um, uh, the question is around government provident funds and retirement annuity funds. So obviously this change impacts on, like I said, the provident fund. When we come to a retirement annuity fund, that's, a, that's not an employer fund. That's an uh, uh, additional retirement funding uh, that you take, that on. You take on your in your personal name. And as I said, that, that's no change. You always had the one-third, two-third annuitization on the retirement annuity fund. What we have now is that been mimicked and brought down to the provident fund. So the change on, on, on this person is that, and it also depends because there is some relief. If a person is 55 years or older on 1 March 2016, it won't affect him. If we've also got what we call a de minimis rule, right? that basically means that if your entire fund is less than 247,500, your entire investment fund, you can basically withdraw 100% of it. It doesn't apply to you. So there's three possibilities that you need to check before we, as you exit and you actually retire. Am I 55 or over on 1 March 2016? Then it doesn't apply to me. Um, am, I, am I actually, um, uh, it only applies to you for income that you've invested prospectively from 1 March 2016. Mm -hmm. That's the second point. And then the third point is uh, the 247,500. If it's below that, it doesn't apply to you. So you still got three checks that you need to, to, to test against before you actually check whether this, uh, this uh, new law applies to you. I've got some questions around uh, when you resign or when you are retrenched and how that impacts yeah. all three. Uh, I'll get there in just a second. I want to give our listeners a chance to get in. Jennifer calling us from Meadale. Good morning. Hello, how are you? Good and you? 
I'm fine, thanks. Um, I'd like to ask uh, who will administer the funds uh, because if millions of South Africans are going to, let's say, for example, resign or whatever the case may be, who will um, assist with regards to the statements of the provident funds, uh, the interest? Because obviously, if money is lying around, it should accumulate interest. Where will the interest go to? Will the government benefit in any way? Um, and with regards to corruption and maladministration from the government, will they have a hand, you know, in the, administra- in, in the administration sorry, of all this money? So that's what I'd like to find out. Thanks, Jennifer. Munir? Thanks. Uh, good question, Jennifer. Uh, what would happen is that when you retire, obviously, you now, uh, if, if you fall and if the rules apply to you, you now have to, you can cash out one third. You'll be taxed according to the tables. And as I said, there's up to half a million that's tax free before you start paying tax on there. Then the balance you're going to now purchase an annuity. And that's, uh, in most cases, unless the fund rules doesn't prescribe who you need to actually go and buy it from, you can actually at, at your choice, you can actually choose who, which fund you want to actually go and buy that from. It would have to be an accredited fund it, provider that is yes. approved. Would, would it with be the approved? Financial Services Board, with and I FSB. think that's where the controls and checks come in. Is that all these funds would fall under the auspices of uh, the Financial Services Board itself? All right, uh, and uh, Siander is asking a similar question that I asked before we went to, uh, before we went to the callers. Clarify the issue of early withdrawals over resignations. Uh, the previous proposal wanted to end this as well as what he says. But I think, so So, what are the, the rules around if you uh, resign or you're retrenched? Okay, so if, if you resign or you're retrenched, basically you've got two options. One is you can withdraw your money. You can basically take the lump sum out and that's still available in a pension or provident fund. You choose to pay the tax. Now you're not in the retirement table that I spoke about earlier. You're in a early withdrawal table. And is, it, is it more intense? It's more intense. So the tax <laughs> is going to be heavier because you oh. want to now take it faster before retirement. The first 25000 is only tax-free, whereas previously I told you the first 500000 was tax-free. Mm. The balance is then taxed in a progressive tax rate, again up to a maximum of 36%. So option one is still on the table. Uh, when it comes to a retirement annuity fund, that's the personal one, not employer one, the one that we spoke about, you, it's, it's quite difficult to, to withdraw from there uh, unless you actually take early retirement, there's ill health or you emigrate or if the fund, I think, is less than about 7,000 rand. Otherwise, you're stuck in the fund. You're actually going to only get that money out at retirement. And but retirement is what, 60? You, you set the age. So you, you could actually set the age as 55, 55 mm. or you could, uh, I think you could do 60 or 65, but you set your, your retirement age. The earliest you could do is uh, basically 55. William in Irland's Fontaine. Good morning. William, hi. Yes, hello, Mario. Good, and you? I'm, 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 I'm all right. Mm, I, I would like to, to know, Iman, if if maybe you die along the way, and then uh, you, you 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 invested your money with uh, annuity as such, and then what, what happened to the money? Since the money is yours. All right, got the question, William. If he if he dies, I imagine you wouldn't have nominated a beneficiary during the course of that. Do is the beneficiary then stuck with the rules of a retirement annuity, or can they get all that money back? Uh, what would then happen? It wouldn't apply to you. So what will happen is, if you die, basically your your money will go to your estate, and then 
we don't have that one to two down against the estate, obviously, because a lump sum is going to, it will be taxed accordingly in your personal hands, and then the money moves across into the estate. Now, when the estate then distributes it to the beneficiaries, that's a separate distribution in, in, in totality, and that person will get his share accordingly. The but they're not beholden to continue with, and obviously no. because nobody's going to be making a contribution, and the contract itself anyway was with the deceased who is now no longer there, and that that's is, right. I think that's a cause, right, in, in legal speak for a nullification yes. uh, of, of a so contract. Okay. Uh, who else? Um, shall we bring? Okay, well, we'll go back to the callers just now. Um, so for those people who have similar concerns as Kasatu has raised, and you, you know, you're talking about as the situation develops, yeah. um, that they could, they, they might have a point uh, to to their concerns. But overall, would you would you would you say that they need to go back and and maybe have a, a really scientific look at what the implications are? I, I really think that the the current proposals, the way it stands, is not harsh at all. Because, like I said, all we're doing is we're harmonising the provident fund rules to the pension and retirement annuity fund, and again with some kind of relief for persons who are 55 uh, it's also a prospective application not retrospective and also you've got the minimum rule so you may, you may not even be impacted by this year um, I think where the issue comes in and where it gets a bit sensitive is if com- government really looks at it and there is like I say speak of uh, in two years time to really look at the whole proposals how it's been implemented how it unfold again and they they change the law with regard to the withdrawal, not the retirement. So when you resign and you withdraw your money and they they limit you from actually taking out your full funds at that stage uh, and, for example, opening a business or investing and, you know, trying some entrepreneurial uh, business or spirit of that nature, that, that, that I think is quite sensitive because that's a big change that will then impact on, uh, on individ- individuals. One of the pervading perceptions, Munir Hassan, is that, uh, oh, okay, so with regard to the provident fund, and you said it, in, in most civil servants, in fact, all civil servants then would have a provident fund rather than... Um, a pension fund that this is you know part of a move by government to make money off um, you know of the working class because I imagine that that money is gaining interest wherever it is uh, and and you know it's a benefit to to the provident fund holders yeah. uh, in other words those who run the scheme itself is, is that a flawed perception um, you, you know there, there are certain limitations and I've also seen from a from a tax point of view there's been a relief over the uh, past couple of years in terms of how these retirement funds are taxed so uh, previously we've got quite a complex regime in terms of how retirement funds itself are taxed it in, in its own right and we've seen a lot of relief on that itself so the one is the taxing has actually come down in, 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 in those in the retirement funds and two is there's a careful watch uh, in terms of the, the, the fees that these administrators can, can actually charge because that obviously erodes your your, your investment calculation and ultimately your retirement savings or funds that you get. Uh, you also have what we call a board of trustees that look after a pension and a provident fund. Now that board of trustees is ideally made up of a mix of people. There's employees, there's employers, there's independent outside uh, consultants as well to look after the interests of the uh, mm. employees that are investing into these uh, in, into these funds. And they would look on an annual basis. In fact, they have quarterly meetings uh, at minimum in terms of the rules of most funds. They would meet on a quarterly basis. They would look at the investments. They would look at what the 
fund administrators are charging as a as an admin cost, and they would also shop around if you want to call it and look at where can they get better deals out in the market. If the, if the fund is not performing to satisfaction, they can switch, they can move to another fund as well. So, so you're saying all the time they, they want to act uh, in, you know, in, in accordance with the best interest of uh, their, you know, their members. That's true. Yeah. All right, Aaron in Davidson, good morning. Aaron, morning. Hi, can you hear me, Aaron? I think you've got your radio set on. We'll try to call you back. Um, but I think his question was, he's going to retire in a few years' time. How much money can he cash up? He, I think his policy right now has a value of around $4 million. Okay, so if his if, if his uh, policy is sitting about four million, what he's going to have to do is he would be able to. In fact, he's going into it. Remember, I said that this. It depends again. Let's let's first ask the first uh, uh, fundamental question: Is is he in the retirement fund? Is he in the uh, provident fund or yeah, pension I don't know fund? Yes. Him? <laughs> depends. Him. Yeah. So let's assume he's in the provident fund. Uh, what would then happen is that the law would not apply for funds that has come into. Until uh, one March 2016, so that four million, he can actually still do a full it's withdrawal. Still his, on. Yeah. Uh, it's only new contributions into the fund from one March 2016 that will be impacted by this. So let me just clarify that point. Even if you continue to stay on your RA, your provident fund, your pension fund beyond first of March 2016, everything up until that point, you're then entitled to get in a lump sum. Only remember the change only came for provident fund because we've always had that for the pension and the RV fund. Right. So there's no that, that relief Sorry, is not yes. there for the so, other. So two for funds. provident fund. Yes. That's okay. Correct. You can still do that. You can still cash out a hundred percent of any funds that you've taken in on one March mm. twenty sixteen. And Pepe Sateche on Twitter says the question referred to death while you have bought the annuity. If you die a year after receiving your monthly income, what okay. happens? What happens is that that annuity uh, would then flow through depending on the beneficiaries that you set up if you set up your wife accordingly or your spouse uh, that income will then flow through to to your surviving so spouse they will they will get the monthly income the monthly income until until it's exhausted until the funds in there is basically dried up because the way the way it's done let, let, let's try and uh, put an example to that the way it's done is that when you when you basically do your one third withdrawal and your two thirds annuitization, so you're buying an annuity of two thirds, what they do is they look at your life expectancy actually, and they invested money for you and they basically repaying the same amount of funds over the term that you are expected to live. So it's your same money coming back to you with with the interest factor and uh, the investment build up on there, but with some kind of return as well. Just to clarify and make sure that I understand uh, correctly, the provident fund. If you pass away before you start drawing your benefits, the the the, the state or your the lump sum after taxation goes to the estate. The lump sum. The lump sum. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. But if you pass away and you have already been withdrawing benefits, annuities. then your spouse or your benef your beneficiaries, will depending, continue to, to they'll get receive that the annuities until it's extinguished. Until, until it's there's finished. No money there. Yeah, I think that's an important clarification yeah. to make. I don't. I hope people don't get ideas. <laughs> Uh, uh, JBKB says employees should be encouraged to preserve their pension savings when they change jobs in order to avoid old age poverty. And that has formed the basis, that sentiment, for what in, in part has been government's explanation for why they have now wanted to or sought to harmonize the Provident yeah. Fund with the other two. And may, maybe just to talk to the point is that when you actually transfer 
So if you actually transfer your money from one fund to another, when you're changing jobs, when you're doing job switching, uh, you actually move tax-free into another fund. So if I wanted to come from one employer to a new employer, uh, you know, that money just goes across tax-free. You're not, there's no implication or tax implication. It's only when I retire out of there that the implications come out from that fund. What are some of the other questions perhaps I, I haven't even thought of asking you, Munir, some clarifications that you think people really need uh, to be aware of? I think two other points to talk to to this whole retirement reform is that what we've seen is that we've had different deduction system for a retirement annuity fund, a pension fund. And in fact, to a large extent, we had no deduction for a provident fund in the past. You know, a lot of people are not talking about that. What we now see under the new regime is that we have a deduction system for both pension, provident, and retirement annuity funds. A second important point that, that or the change that comes into effect with these uh, proposals is that employer contributions to a pension or provident fund was not taxed as fringe benefits in the past. Only the retirement annuity uh, contribution, employer contributions to a retirement annuity fund was uh, taxed as a fringe benefit. With this change, I think people are not picking up on that. We're all concentrating about the change on the Provident Fund. Uh, from 1 March 2016, an employer contribution to your pension or Provident Fund will be taxed as a fringe benefit on a monthly basis in, in your hands, and you'll be, then be able to claim that as a deduction uh, against your taxable income. So you'll be able to squeeze a little more out of it, is what you're saying? You, you will, but you're also being taxed on that. Where in the past, you weren't uh, taxed. I think that's the important point to note. Uh, a quick one, Galahad. What happens yes. if my spouse passes on before the annuity has been exhausted? Your spouse. I'm not passes sure what that means. On. Oh, so so the person okay. who might have been the beneficiary yes. after the what happens to that? It goes on to the secondary benefit. It goes to the secondary. So, like so. we said yeah. earlier, that that uh, if there's an annuity that's sitting there or the lump sum, it depends again whether we're dealing with a lump sum or an annuity. That's what's purchased. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. That's I think has been very useful, Munir. I'm sure uh, we understand it a little clearer now. So appreciate your time and thank your analysis, you. Munir Hassan, is senior lecturer and CA in the Department of Accountancy for UJ. It is exactly eleven o'clock. It is time for Power News. Power News. The top stories at this hour: Nursa begins tariff hike hearings. Unisa resumes the registration process, and the Institute for Security Studies gives the SAPS structural changes a thumbs up. Good morning, I'm Tolle. The National Energy Regulator will kickstart its public hearings today as part of ESCOM's applications to recoup an additional 22.8 billion rand through an electricity tariff increase. Nurses' public hearings will start in Cape Town today and end in Johannesburg next month. If the power utilities application is successful, the country could experience an electricity tariff increase of 17% from April. Energy expert Chris Yellen says ESCOM has been spending more on diesel while there's been a lower demand for electricity. So Eskom is facing rising costs for diesel as well as declining sales volumes and sales revenues below uh, what it budgeted for and it wants to recover these from the customers of electricity by putting its tariff up. The job of NURSA of course is to decide which of these cost increases like diesel are fair and equitable and what portion of this application is a result of Eskom's own uh, misfortunes, its own doing? 
Operations have returned to normal at the University of South Africa. Several campuses were closed last week during protests. Students and workers were calling for an end to outsourcing and demanding free higher education. The protests also interfered, interfered with on-campus registrations. The institution has since been granted a court order to stop the demonstrations. UNISA spokesperson Martin Ramujela. Yes, we can confirm as a university that all operations at our campuses that were affected by the labor action last week have resumed and are back to normal. Meanwhile, the Fees Must Fall movement is preparing to launch a donations campaign to scrap student debt as two universities across